You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Welcome to 3 a.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, or personal experience. The validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we might not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. We hope you enjoy. What's up, guys? My name is Charlie. My name is DJ. My name is Sean. And this is the 3 a.m. podcast. Sorry. And this is the 3 a.m. podcast. (laughs) All of your nightmares come true. Uh, This is a podcast where we hate ourselves and (laughs) tell scary stories. That's correct. And rock your world. (laughs) That was the best thing ever. (laughs) Still the best thing ever. Uh, Man, Valentine's Day is this week. (laughs) I can't wreck both of you. In fact, when this episode releases, it'll be Valentine's Day. Do you remember handing out Valentine's? Yeah, like the candy grams. How did your school do it? (laughs) Everyone would buy like the cheap... Little like those pr- perforated line punch out cards, oh, fold them yeah. like a SpongeBob themed one or something. Yeah, or like Looney Tunes, <laughs> and then you like tape it shut with the little like designer, not designer, but like also like has an animation on it, like stickers, and then you tape like a piece of candy on it. <laughs> Just give it to. I always picked like the corniest one. <laughs> And address it to the prettiest girl. Himself. Oh, damn. Got game, bro. She'd throw it away every time. <laughs> she just tears it in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> Valentine heart candies? Gross. Ew. Possibly the worst candy ever? It's just like compact chalk? It's up there with <laughs> the worst candies ever. Yeah. Every holiday has its worst candy. Ooh. I feel like Easter is peeps. Bro, peeps can... F themselves. <laughs> I hate peeps. The thought of peeps is revolting to me. I do not like marshmallows, so like to add dye and like glitter to your marshmallow is like is a sin against God and mankind. No, it seriously is an unholy candy. <laughs> Halloween is candy corns. Oh yeah, I don't F with candy corns. Candy corns is it's trash. waxy, bro. I'm it's not trash. about it. Before okay, you fine, say anything, fine. we're not gonna talk about it anymore. <laughs> Before you start, we're done. <laughs> uh, Christmas. Hmm. 
it's not as much of a thing anymore. At least I haven't seen chocolate it. Chocolate like, oranges, dude. Oh, Bro, ew. shut your mouth, dog. Chocolate oranges, Ken. I love chocolate oranges. Die. Oh, well. Um, but before, they used to do like boxes of chocolates with surprise flavors. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the the red boxes are like this big mm-hmm. with like different fruit flavors or whatever in it. Oh. I hate like fruit jelly. Oh, chocolate. cherry chocolates. Yeah. Those Bro, were they were cherry usually cherries. Chocolates? Get out of my! I don't face. like cherries in general. <laughs> yeah, the fruit maraschino, the flavors, flavors. cherries, nothing. <laughs> I do like making little shivs though with like uh, your peppermint candy cane. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just you take that thing and you're like, <laughs> roll it around and your you lips for like eight hours, yeah. and then it becomes you do, like. You do. <laughs> I got really so just do rich. That. <laughs> yeah, dude, you sit there and you're like, <laughs> slowly go outwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you poke yourself in the arm. You're like, I could kill someone with that. <laughs> no, you seriously, could, you could poke somebody's eye with that. Be careful, you shoot your someone, shoot your eye out. When you were a kid, did you ever? We would have sticks of gum, get the wrapper, put it around our finger. And then leave some excess at the top and make a tip, and then put a tiny piece of gum on top. So it's just sitting on top of your finger, and we would throw it up and it would stick on the ceiling in class. (laughs) Do you ever do something like that? No. That seems like eight extra steps you don't need. (laughs) What are you you talking about? Bro, just take the gum and go like that. (laughs) Yeah, but. With the silver wrapping paper. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not trying to litter, it. you know? <laughs> I've never tried it. Maybe it's like the best way to apply gum to a ceiling. <laughs> Did you ever take big red gum? Ugh. No, because I never got big red. <laughs> big red is that gross, stuff is trash. Dude. For some reason, this became like a thing in, in church. We'd always do this. You take a big red wrapper, you lick it, and you stick it on your forehead. And in like, I don't know, 20 seconds, all of the cinnamon like activates in your forehead and it burns <laughs> so bad. Why would you just do that? We don't because we're bored in church. So we're like seeing how long we would we do could it take to someone pain. else. <laughs> and then you take it off and you just have a fat red mark like across <laughs> your forehead. A big red mark. Yeah. Um, we did you ever have the space maker pencil boxes? Yeah, bro. Mm. The plastic one that had like the bumps on top, yes, and the logo, rectangular logo in the middle. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. When we were in elementary school, we would color over it with like a Crayola marker, different colors, and then put Elmer's glue to fill up that rectangle space. And we throw it in our cubby, come back the next day, take it out, and it's all dried. And you peel it off, and it has the logo and the colors. That you have, and we'd use that as bookmarks. Dope. Did you ever do that? That's like prison level crafting, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what's the first kid who figured that out and just it's like passed down generation. That's, cr- <laughs> that's crazy. No, I never did that. I used to go get pill bugs or roly polies and then put them in my box and make them fight. <laughs> and it was just the first one to leave a circle I drew. Bro, you remember that one time we were at the trap house and we had a spider fight? <laughs> Is that okay to talk about? Like, no, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah we, we allegedly allegedly went and captured some spiders outside, and then we had them in this bowl, and we just 
waited to see who won. And then somebody got a wasp and put it in there too. Like it was some, we were having some gnarly fights going on. We low key got into like bug fighting for a minute. It was so weird. <laughs> That's big in Asia, dude. Oh, yeah. You were telling me that. Yeah, they have spider fights in the Philippines and they have a matchbox. You take it out and they put a leaf inside so that there's different compartments. So they put like the leaf sideways uh, and it like zigzags through the box. So you put different, like multiple spiders in each, in the whole matchbox, but they each have their own like pocket. <laughs> and the kids would pick one, put it on the stick, and the spiders would go at each other. And sometimes one would run away and they would get the stick and like scoop it up and like, no, you're going to fly. You must die. <laughs> <laughs> it's like how I imagine real life Yu Gi Oh! It's like, <laughs> Here's my spider. <laughs> <Yeah>. Fight. <laughs> Believe in the heart of the spider. Um, my when blue I was eyes white. Exodia. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> when I was in elementary school, me and one of my best friends, Christina, we were dead set on having the world's largest pencil shaving connect, uh, collection. <laughs> <laughs> so we would buy boxes of pencils, and this is like throughout fifth grade, with the teacher who had nacho cheese on her beard. Uh. And we would just like sit in class and like waste pencils. pencils? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sharpen pencils, get all the shavings put in like a pencil box <laughs> and store them all in the cubby holes. And by the end of the year we had like ten pencil boxes <laughs> all stacked up with pencil shaving. Just, just hearing that makes me want to sneeze, not. dude. <laughs> when you were in elementary school, were you big into pens and pencils? Like jelly rolls? A bit, yeah. A bit. That I was like erasers were big with us. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Us, what uh, we were jelly rolls and uh, the pens and like mechanical pencils. Do you remember like sumo grips? We were cavemen. <laughs> <laughs> Kids now with iPhones are like, what the hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> we're like, dude, <laughs> erasers though? <laughs> the sumo grip, the 0.5 lead? <laughs> oh, what were you saying? Sorry. I no, just that's was like, it. just. You would like change like you get two different color sumo grip mechanical pencils, <laughs> trade like the pencil grips. <laughs> so it's just I don't know, dumb poor island kids. I guess three a.m. where we talk about school supplies <laughs> yeah. for a half an hour. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, should we roll? No, dude. <laughs> Question. Question time. Question is. If you had a thousand acres of land, what would you do? Did I have money with it? <laughs> do I is well, my financial you, status is current? My, yeah. Is <laughs> well, you could sell some of that if you needed money. So Where's it's like the a land? Thousand acres. Can I choose where the land is? Sure. Okay, uh, Oahu. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> it just takes. It's like the last land left. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Dibs on Oahu. Got it. <laughs> you take it. Yeah. I reenact Pearl Harbor every Wednesday. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> With your bank account, you're just throwing pop yeah. rocks from a paper from airplane. A house. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a thought? Well, it'd probably be out in the middle of nowhere. A thousand where acres? No one would bother me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd own all of Calabasas. Oh. Just 
collect that rent money from everyone else's exactly. houses on your okay, land. You're done forever. Yeah. No, so yeah, you don't set. You, just, you wouldn't even need it for like two acres of land. You'd be done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I would love it. I really want to end up somewhere rural to live. I want zip lines on my property. Sick. I underground tunnels. Underground tunnels with a shopping or not shopping cart, a golf cart a golf that I can cart. go back and forth. Mm. Yep. Two lane too, just in case like there's someone else coming down. Sean and I high five each other as we pass. <laughs> I want that exact same thing, but in the city. Ooh. Ooh. So I'm going down to London in a couple weeks, and I was reading up on the tube there in London, and apparently it's like way down underground. And someone was just well, like, it goes through the water, yeah, like in the ocean, so it's like pretty far underground. And that's what I'm thinking of when you're talking about like underground mm-hmm. tunnels in a city. At least that's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it goes, know, it goes from London to France, or it goes from England to France. Like they have like that under whole, the water, under the water. I think that's yeah, I'm pretty sure that's hardcore. Well, let me verify. Yeah. How do you build that? It is called the Channel Tunnel, and it goes from England to france dang that's crazy yeah sean bought tickets to france (laughs) sean bought tickets to england and he also booked a couple haunted tours well first off he got the tickets for 350 round trip couldn't afford not to now that's sean's life (laughs) like five times out of the year he'll just buy crazy cheap tickets to if you really cool places if you also want to have this problem, follow Scott's cheap flights Shout and flights out. from home. Sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I couldn't afford not to. And I booked one haunted tour and another tour that's going to take me to Loch Ness. So I'm going to go up there and into the Scottish Highlands. Don't you have an uh, an eight? An eight? GoPro? Yeah. Bro. Film, I'm taking it, time. bro. I'm taking Dope. it. Dude, you're right. going to be the one getting messy on high-quality footage. <laughs> no, I'm, I, can't, I can't take the GoPro there. I got to take a potato instead. <laughs> That's all it's allowed. <laughs> Dope. Time to roll. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small, When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. (sighs) I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light. Lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing... Give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, we want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3am. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. 
We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Roll. Two. Four. <laughs> Four. Y'all got to roll again. Three. <laughs> this is Five. the lowest yeah. we've ever rolled. <laughs> Charles, me, Sean. All right. I have a submission tonight, and it's from one of our friends, our podcasting friends. So shout out to Blake from the Tone Mob. Shout out Blake. Hey. So the Tone Mob, they discuss different instruments, everything from plugins, software, hardware, uh, for music production, music making, and they have a lot of artists on the show as well. Nice. I'll just talk about their experiences with music and critiquing music as well. So dope. Shout out Tone Mob. Yep. So Blake reached out, message, we went back and forth, and then he shared his story. And just kind of trigger warning, it's pretty intense. I don't know. There's some dark themes. All right, so this took place when he was 12 years old. Him and a group of friends, it's October. So what do they do? They plan a horror movie fest sleepover. Dope. And he's stoked. So 12 of his friends come over, and they're hanging out watching scary movies. And he remembers they were watching Salem's Lot. Have you guys ever seen that? Neither have I. Maybe we should watch it. It's around 7.30, 8 o'clock, so it's dark. Hasn't been dark for long, but it's dark out. They're watching the movie, and they really want a specific snack. He can't remember what, <laughs> but he just remembers they didn't have it. I've been there before. <laughs> <laughs> there every second, dude. <laughs> so they hit up Mom, who straight MVPs it, and goes to the store for them. Oh, she went to the store. Yeah, she's like, I'll go get it for you guys. You guys have fun. <laughs> so, real one. So his dad, they had on like their property, their, da- their dad had a shop. And he, because of his work, he was often out there just working in a shop. Yeah, so it wasn't unusual. So it's just the 12 of them home alone. Just the 12 of them. I didn't know it was that many friends. <laughs> and this dude has friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So as they're hanging out watching the movie, the landline rings. And for you Gen Z out there, uh, every home used to have a phone connected to a wire connected to the wall. (laughs) Cell phones were kind of not a thing. So the landline rings. He goes and picks it up, and it's his mom. She sounds super frantic. Hmm. And she says, hey, I can't get past the end of the street. There's like a cop car blocking off the road. Apparently, they're searching for some guy. So lock the doors and just keep your eyes out. She's super serious. He's on the phone and instantly is terrified. So he tells his friends and they realize every door in the house is like unlocked and there's like windows open. Oh my god! So he said chaos. They all just split, run to other rooms. 12 of them. Everyone's like closing door windows, locking windows, locking doors. And they kind of work themselves up into kind of a frenzy. They're really scared. So they try a couple hiding spots in the house. 
and they finally settle on the bathroom. And it's just like a toilet and a stand-up shower. It's tiny, and there's 12 of them packed in there. <laughs> so they're freaking out. Each one of them is like, what do you think's going on? Like, do you think he'll come? You know, and they're kind of like feeding off each other's fear. And they're so terrified, he said, to the point where the cool, tough kid sits down on the toilet and just starts crying. <laughs> like, they are freaked out. And one of them notices that Blake ran into the bathroom with the phone in his hand. And they said, Blake, you should call someone. And so they decide to call Cole's parents because Cole's parents just live a couple houses down. So they give the phone to Cole, dials his number when you used to have to remember numbers. Phone rings, mom picks up. And he's like barely coherent through tears telling his mom what's going on. Mom, mom, uh, the police are, there's a guy running around. You need to come help us like right now. And he's just going off super frantic, right? And there's kind of a silence on the phone. And Cole's mom goes, Cole, you're grounded. <laughs> He's like, what, mom? No. And she, she thought he was just like trying to play a prank, a prank on her. or something. Yeah. And so it takes quite a bit of time. <laughs> Don't make me return these bagel bites. Yeah. <laughs> and so it takes kind of a couple minutes, but eventually they convince Cole's mom and she goes, okay, we'll come over and see what's going on. As they get her to like agree they hear a loud bang Damn it. on the window, the sliding glass door. That's of their out. house or on the phone? Of their house that's right outside the bathroom. So they literally are like pissing themselves scared. And one of them opens the door. It's a good thing they're in the tub together. <laughs> <laughs> one of them opens the door and looks out and sees the form of a man standing at the window and the man yells what's going on in there and from the voice they realize it's just blake's dad mm. so cole opens the door and he's like what the hell's going on why is this door locked he's been in his shop he has no idea what's going on why is this door locked and cole walks up unlocks the door and as he starts to slide the door open blake's dad screams no look out they see a man step up right behind Blake's dad and a shot ring out. Blake's dad coughs blood onto the sliding glass door that Cole's standing right in front of, smashes into the window, and slides down the glass. And the man steps forward. He's holding a pistol, and his face is covered with like a mask. And Cole has just unlocked the sliding glass door and opened it a couple inches. And the man reaches in with his hand and starts to grab the door. On the inside of the sliding glass door, there's a huge handle. On the outside, there's like a, like a half-inch little inlet where you can grab. And Cole is able to slam the door shut and hold it closed for a minute. All the 12 boys in the bathroom see what's going on, and they start screaming and running every step, every which way. Eventually, Cole's unable to hold the door any longer, and the masked man with the pistol rips the door open. Cole falls backwards onto the ground, and the man steps into the room almost over Cole, reaches up to his mask, and he pulls it off, and he yells, Happy Halloween, boys. 
and Blake realizes his uncle <laughs> just shot his father. At the same time, they all smell ketchup in the air. No. And look over at Cole's oh. or Blake's dead dad, who sits up and starts laughing hysterically. That's so funny. I'd be so pissed. <laughs> I would hate them so much. <laughs> and uh, what's his face? Uh, Blake's mom comes home from the store laughing because she was in on it the whole time. <laughs> and they did the coolest thing ever and made like an awesome memory <laughs> that will like never be forgotten. <laughs> but Cole's parents did come over <laughs> like, like super frantic. concerned. <laughs> but the second he said the second they heard what was happening they just started hysterically laughing like at all the kids <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> that's pretty hilarious uh, man i want to be that kind of parent dude me just to trolling scar children. my children no yep yep <laughs> <laughs> well they were old enough too they were like five yeah if they're years watching old. scary movies they're old <laughs> so, enough they were 12 so it's like oh yeah it's still young, but you're like old enough to like realize your dad just died. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he has PTSD. Yeah. Damn. Thanks, Blake. Dude, it's been a while since we've had like a fake out story. <laughs> when I was reading that, my jaw dropped. I was like, your dad effing died? I was like, this is so crazy. <laughs> like willingly submitting the story to us. He's like, yeah, dude, my dad died. Uh, listen, he's like, here, content, dude. <laughs> Dude, thanks, Blake. Thanks. I thought it was fun. Thank you. That's a good one. You good? Yeah. Okay. I have three stories. Ooh. And they are specifically urban legends. Yes. So they're really fun. Uh, These are the stories that are like the talk of the town. You grow up, everybody knows this story. Most people avoid the place where where it happened. And the few have, you know, their own experiences to share from it. Whether it's made up or not, it's all part of the fun and, like, excitement. So, the first one that I have is about Royce Field Road, otherwise known as Pig Lady Road. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, no thank you. Already, just, like, big nope. This is in New Jersey. Strike two. (laughs) (laughs) One more strike and they're out. (laughs) If a Guido comes out, bro, game over, dog. Just DJ Pauly D. (laughs) He's the Jersey Devil. Yeah. Have you heard about that? (laughs) Yeah, dude. The Jersey Devil is a cryptid. Oh no, I I know what the Jersey Devil is. I thought you were about to tell me like it recently was revealed that Pauly D is the Jersey (laughs) Devil. (laughs) What such a coincidence. But, okay, Pig Lady Road, the whole story behind it goes, a girl was born to a farmer family. She was so ugly (laughs) that her father made her wear a pig's mask. I don't know what the logic in that is. It's not like he's trying to make it better. How ugly you got to be. I, (laughs) I don't know, dude, but that's... What happened? <laughs> but he makes her wear a pig's mask and he humiliates her her entire childhood. Totally neglects her. Abusive. When she comes of age, I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
in this context, <laughs> it means grabbing an axe and carrying out revenge on your father. <laughs> also, she's eight. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Sorry. She murders her father and is utterly distraught by her act of violence as well as she's still not happy. She's still ugly. So she assumes the role of the pig lady. So when she kills her father, this happens after her her mother had died, Mm. just of natural causes. So she loses the only thing that cared for her. Mm. So at that point, she sees no point, you know, (laughs) Um, decides to end her father. She assumes the role as the pig lady, lives by herself. But people in the surrounding communities were catching wind of all of this. And they know about the horrific events that transpired as well as how notoriously ugly this woman was. So legend goes that kids would go and prank her so that she would come out and they could see what she looked like. And one day, two kids took it far enough to somehow acquire a pig's head and leave it on her doorstep. And as they're watching from the bushes to see her come out and find this pig's head that they left to mock her, she walks up right behind them and murders them with the same axe she did with her father. So her father's body and these two kids are hidden somewhere in the house. Years go by, they find the house, And it's at a point where she should be old or dead. They don't find her, but they do find the bodies. And that's the legend of Pig Lady Road. Now, what you're supposed to do now is if you visit Pig Lady Road and you want to see her, you drive there in the night and you make a bunch of racket. You basically try to disturb or bother her just as the kids would. And kind of entice her to come out. Not only are you supposed to honk your horn, flash your lights, and make a bunch of racket. But she won't appear until somebody is vulnerable. Meaning somebody has to get out of the car and stand in the middle of the road. (laughs) Which turns up this urban legend and like just exploring with your friends. And being, just having, like causing mischief. Up to like the next level. <laughs> now someone's got to be vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> so we got to roll dice. <laughs> Lowest one goes. Let's but, see who would do it. Okay. <laughs> I'm scared, dude. Okay, pretend we're there on the road. Oh, DJ rolled a Frick. 13. Yeah. <laughs> Bad luck. Whoa! Oh, Charlie got a three. <laughs> Give me a one. Oh, Sean wants a Sean, Miss Piggy. Sean wants it. Oh! Oh my gosh. Sean got a one. Oh my god. <laughs> Just like he wanted. <laughs> that is freaking crazy. How come that shit would never happen during DD? <laughs> so so we're driving out. All right, Sean. On, on Pig Lady Road and we we stop at the point where it's darkest. Bro, I'm bringing a pig head too. See what she says about that. <laughs> Sean's eating bacon. <laughs> Has a pig head in one hand. 
and a baconator in the other. <laughs> and we say, Sean, it's time. And he goes out. <laughs> pissing on the road. Oh my God. That is that is the most vulnerable you can be. <laughs> Taking a well, piss. Well, you dude. wanted it, dude. You rolled a natural one, so you're going to get I don't know. I'm critically hurt here. <laughs> and we're honking our horns and turning the lights on and off and yelling, hooting, and hollering. And a story of these kids who went to visit did exactly that. And they're turning the lights on, they're turning it off, they're honking the horn, turning the lights on, turning it off, on, off, on, off, on again. And their friend who was once standing in the middle of the road is now gone. (laughs) So they're all kind of like legit, though. Put yourself in that in that situation. I would like instantly start crying. I would react how they were reacting, which was nervous laughter (laughs) all right that's real funny i would just be bawling come back now (laughs) after they wait a while nothing so they decide to all get out of the car and look stupid new jersey (laughs) they stick together which is a first they didn't go look for clues (laughs) they're like you know what's the best thing we can do is split up so (laughs) They stick together, and after a while, they hear whimpering. They find their friend huddled behind a bush. It's too dark. They can't really see her, but they know it's her. So they grab her. She's upset. She's not talking. Take her in the car. They shut the door. Four doors. You hear another another chunk. And... They drive off. They're terrified. They get to a gas station. They all get out. They notice that she has cuts and scratches all over her body. And on the passenger door, there is what looks to be like an axe head was driven straight into the middle of the door. No axe, but that's... Today's version of Pig Lady Road. Ooh. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a fun one to do like with your that. friends, dude. <laughs> okay, so when you're talking about the lights going on and off, like them switching on and off, <laughs> you know how we have those mouse things in our house, like the high-frequency mouse like yeah. re- repellent? Mm-hmm. They have the lights that go on and off in the dark. So it kind of Oh, I thought they just stay on. on. Oh, it's like a off. gradual, yeah. Yeah, gradual on and off. Have you ever seen that show Lights Out? Yep. Low key, I've like been walking downstairs and it's completely dark because I don't turn on the lights as I'm walking downstairs to go to work. And I'll see the light go on from the blue light and then I'll get to the door and the light will go off. I'm like trying to open the door as fast as I can to get outside before I just see something standing behind me. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Urban Legend 2. These other two are a little shorter. Second one is Hell's Bridge. Oh, I've heard of Hell's Bridge. Yeah? What do you um, know about it? Don't ruin the story. Sorry, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I've, I've heard you, of Hell's Bridge. If he was just like told the like punchline or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me with the filler. It's in Michigan. So Hell's Bridge in Michigan 
is famous for in the early 1900s, kids started disappearing. Reminds me of Dairy. <laughs> Dude. Oh, no. From Dude. It. But kids are disappearing, and it all happens within a week. And so many kids have disappeared that the whole town decides to get together and go on a big search. They stop everything. They close down shops. And they act as a search and rescue team together as a community try to find these kids. Somebody gets the idea that they shouldn't bring the rest of the kids with them. So they should leave them in the town with the caretaker. And this man's name is Elias Frisk. Nope. That's, that's, nope. That name. So everyone is out in the woods. And this, this town where Hell's Bridge is in is called Algora Township. So everyone is on the outskirts of Algora Township in the woods searching for the missing kids. After a few hours searching, no luck, one of the volunteers hears crying coming from behind a tree. So he inches closer and closer and he looks behind the tree and it's Elias Frisk. And he is huddled up on the ground rocking back and forth and he's saying the words the devil made me do it the devil made me do it and as this volunteer is seeing and hearing this he looks past and all the kids that Elias was put in charge of watching are tied to a rope from a bridge where the river underneath has drowned them. Oh. So if you today walk the same bridge, you might hear screams, cries, growls of all different sorts coming from the woods. And if you're unlucky enough, you will see the faces of the children in the water looking back at you as well as Elias Frisk hanging from the bridge which the town hung him from to bring justice upon the children's lives and that's the urban legend of Hell's Bridge in Michigan damn damn I almost said (laughs) I I totally (laughs) forgot but Slayer. <laughs> oh, no. What happens when you get like a... In Halo? Yeah, when you get like a 15 count, what does it oh, say? Uh, it's like double kill, triple kill, yeah. overkill, killing spree. Kilimanjaro. Killing spree. Killionaire. <laughs> yeah. And then when you stop the person who does it, it's killjoy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like he, took out a, he took out like 12 kids. That's... <laughs> That's efficient, yeah, dude. <laughs> One rope, 12 kids? Like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Bang for your buck, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Um, there was someone online who was talking about how they looked through, I don't know what, the database <laughs> for names. Dead children database. Eli- Elias Frisk. And no one with that last name existed in that time frame where the story oh, existed. Oh, dude alias bro until 
about 20 years after the stated date of the event, but people still report these paranormal and supernatural mm. things transpiring while they're on the bridge at night. <laughs> Which seems like a good formula for any type of spooky mm. thing. Okay, uh, <laughs> my last urban legend comes from North Carolina. Dude, all over the map, dude. Mm. I like it. This one is called, and this one was told to me by some good friends of mine who are from North Carolina, Willow and Miranda Smith, longtime supporters. They were born and raised in North Carolina, and their family's still there. So after they told me about this place, this urban legend, I looked it up, and it's called the Devil's Stamping Ground. Dude, the names of all these urban legends are like some of my favorite parts. (laughs) Always so like evil and enticing. But the Devil's Stamping Ground is, and there's pictures, in a lush forest, there's a perfect circle in the woods where there is no vegetation. It's just dirt. Dirt floor. Charles is looking it up right now. This one is the creepiest one to me out of all three urban legends that I'm telling tonight. The Devil's Stamping Ground is infamous because, one, as you can see, nothing grows there. People have tried to plant seeds and nothing sprouts from that area. Animals avoid this area, too. Hmm. Dogs won't enter the circle. They'll bark and growl at it, stand their ground, won't proceed further. And three, which is the most interesting of all to me, anything that is placed in the circle will be found outside of the circle by morning. So people will put a bottle in the middle, come back, and it's on the outside. Has anyone tried staying there? There's even a story of people camping in their tent, and they wake up in the morning in their tent as well, but their tent is now on the outside of the circle. So legend has it that... It's a dirt patch and nothing grows there because it is one of the gateways or entrances to hell itself. The devil comes out with his cloven hooves on fire and he scrapes the ground, making sure the gateway is clean for people and things to enter in and out. And that's the urban legend of the devil's stamping ground. From the photos, it legit looks like where early settlers, like if there was witches, that's where they would go. Mm. The coven. It's creepy looking. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if they've gotten like samples of like the the ground or anything. I don't know. I think there needs to be maybe a little radiation or more science on urban legends. I think. (laughs) No. (laughs) No science. <laughs> Bro, there's like stories. Oh. It says like a ton of occurrences of dogs like freaking out when they get around it. Mm-hmm. Ugh. We've talked about that before, but trusting animal senses is kind of invaluable <laughs> because they have, you know, those senses that we don't. Well, it's where we get the saying, canary in the coal mine. 
Right. Yeah. Do you know how, like how that works? Mm-mm. So it's uh, a super easy way to die back in the day, and, and when you were mining, was carbon monoxide poisoning. Hmm. So what the early miners did to counteract that, because you can't detect it, like odorless, colorless, you'll yeah. die before you realize what's happening. So they would take cages with canaries in them, who are really, really susceptible to carbon monoxide poisoning. So these car- canaries in in uh, cages, in cages, if one of them drops dead. It's like, you know, yep. oh, shit, time to get out. GTFO. <laughs> yeah. So it's like nature's like alarm system, you know, like F that canary. At but the expense of a fowl. Yeah. <laughs> no animals were harmed in the making of this alarm system. All animals. <laughs> I had no idea. That's actually super interesting. I think we should go explore this devil's stamping ground. Take a trip there. Go camping. And go camping. Have fun, dude. <laughs> I'll be near there. I don't want to sleep. What we on need it to do night. is we need to sleep there, set up a trail cam. We we need to sleep there. <laughs> set up a trail cam so that we know what's happening. And then we need to get samples. Between you and Kevin, like I feel like you two would be down to do that. <laughs> DJ and I will stay like right outside the circle on cots. And like get you orange slices or whatever you need. Yeah, <laughs> Throw the food in. Yeah. It doesn't air something. It in, it just something <laughs> wax it out. <laughs> <laughs> you finding anything else there, Charles? Yeah, apparently it's connected to something known as like the Brown Mountain Lights. I don't know. In those same mountains, it said that the spirits of dead Cherokee warriors, known to be seen and stuff. Dude, it's just got everything apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you see lights in the woods that float above the ground and you can never catch them as hard as you try. So you can like chase after them and they're always outside your grasp. I'm good. You guys good? I'm so good. good. I love those. Yeah, those are good fun. Urban good legends ones. are always super, good. super fun. Yeah. I have a couple stories that kind of all combine into one story. So... The first starts with someone who, um, for the sake of story, we'll call them Frank. They were solo hiking and solo camping out in Oregon in the Cascade Mountains. They got out pretty far, and they're trying to get away from, like, people in general. They just wanted to be out there by themselves. And they get far enough to where they feel like they're not going to be around any people. So he sets up his camp. It's near probably about like 100 yards away from uh, a stream. So you can kind of faintly hear the water, the babbling brook. Mm -hmm. So he sets up his camp, eventually beds down for the night, and then falls asleep. Sometime during the night, he wakes up to the sound of a party. It sounds like there's a group of maybe 15, 20 people just out in another campfire close by. Getting litty. Just having a party, having a good time. <laughs> Getting litty. Um, and he's just kind of frustrated by this more than anything else. So he just kind of like falls back asleep and goes to sleep again for that night. Wakes up in the morning, decides to hike out even further. He hikes out even further, finds a good spot, Sets up camp, goes to sleep that night. Sometime during the night, 
he wakes up to the same sound of a party nearby. Just people laughing, having a good time. And at this point, (laughs) he says he didn't feel as frustrated. He almost considered going and joining them. (laughs) He's like, man, they're probably having a good time. We'll go have some drinks or whatever and come back and go to sleep. And he chooses not to. He chooses to go back to sleep. Nothing happens. He ends up going home, never even thinks about it, until he hears this story from someone else. So these two friends go out camping in the uh, yellow bottom area of the Cascades. And for the sake of the story, we'll call one Ricky and the other Bobby. (laughs) (laughs) So um, they're both going to school in Salem. So they're an hour plus away from where they're going to school. And they're out in these mountains. They hike out into these woods, set up camp, have their fire, have a good time, and then go to sleep. Now he says, or Ricky here says, around 3 a.m., he wakes up to the sound of a party. And they really tried, and he said that it was frustrating to him because they really tried to get out to where there was not going to be any college kids or anything like that, and that's exactly what it sounded like. (laughs) So after a while, he ends up falling back asleep and then wakes up again, but not to the sound of a party, but to the sound of a child crying. And not like a screaming crying, but like like a low, like crying, like if they didn't get something. Like a whimper. Like a whimpering. Draw you in. Kind of. Classic. Now he says, because he's not a complete monster, he starts to get up to go and help this kid. (laughs) And his friend... But a complete idiot. Yeah. His friend, who had been laying down, and he was not aware of that his friend was awake the whole time, grabs his arm and says, don't go out there. Just wait. And so he more freaked out than anything else now because his friend is also um, part Native American. So he, fall, he sits back down and just waits. Eventually... The whimpering stops. And probably about 25, 30 minutes later, the party starts up again. And it keeps going. But now he realizes he can't tell which direction the party's coming from. It sounds like it's all around them. So he's at this point freaking out. He doesn't know what's going on. His friend has told him to stay in the tent. And right as about the sun starts to come up, the party stops and everything gets quiet again. Now they both had just been awake the whole time and hadn't slept. So his friend just kind of looks at him and says, stick Indians, rolls over and goes back to sleep. Stick Indians? Stick Indians. I'd be like, roll your ass back over (laughs) and explain yourself, dog. So he doesn't think... At that point of it, because he's trying to fall asleep as well, they both have stayed awake the whole night. He gets up the next morning, or probably around 10 or 11, because they've got a couple hours of sleep. He starts making some coffee, and he asks his friend, what are stick Indians? And his friend won't tell them. They start to hike out, and eventually they get out of the woods, and now his friend will tell him. Damn it, Bobby. (laughs) Oh, damn it, Ricky. Oh, my (laughs) bad. 
Um, Dakota. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And apparently stick Indians are the English term for an Indian legend from the Yakima and Salish Indian tribes in the Cascade Mountains. They're a group of vengeful spirits that live in the woods that will lure lure people in with a party or with a child crying to then kill them. But if you don't pay attention to them, they, they can't do anything. Now, like I said, stick Indians are the English term for these Native American legends. And apparently it's considered disrespectful to even mention the name in the native tongue. And he wouldn't even say it. All he would say was stick Indian. But according to the legend, if you say their name, then they'll target you. And that, that's it? And I then... don't know the name. I couldn't find it. Oh. I looked and couldn't find the name. I am blue bald. <laughs> <laughs> well, like kind of for like good that you're blue bald. Because <laughs> I could totally see us being out and Sean being like, Zabadabadoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the, if you watch Parks and Rec, the chief of the Wamapoke. <laughs> the part where you're like, he wakes up and his friend says, don't go out. And he gets real scared because he's Native American. <laughs> it's like white people are terrified of any curse that a brown person <laughs> mentions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> don't touch that rock. <laughs> oh, what does it mean? Uh, no, sir. <laughs> yeah. Not me. I didn't think about it. <laughs> Bro, this is a 100% true story. I was getting married in Oregon. And for my bachelor party, we did a ghost hunt but after my ghost or the ghost tour we did we drove out into the woods the woods of oregon and we just start hiking on a super dark trail and it's pitch black pitch black thick pacific northwest how many of us are there almost 10 people Uh, well let's see there was will (laughs) (laughs) travis yeah there's about 10 I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) But I am being on my mama like 30 minutes in, in the distance, we hear a party. Sounds of a party. And like idiots, we just go straight to it. And as we get closer, the woods start getting a little brighter with this orange glow. And a rhythmic beat is just going through the trees. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> and a bunch of 25-plus-year-old men walk into a high school party <laughs> with like 60 high school Portland kids looking at us, and we're like, hey. It is, it is the scene straight out of Dazed and Confused. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, hey, what's up? <laughs> you know the best thing about high school girls? <laughs> <laughs> um. And then Kale, our six, seven, Namin, slender man looking double, <laughs> decides to take his shirt off and start like crawling through the forest. <laughs> I don't know. So we were the monster. We were the stick Indians. We were the stick Indians. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, nice. Is that it for you? Mm-hmm. Dude, I liked that. I hated that, but I liked it. <laughs> I'm trying to find out the name. So the next time I'm up there, 
I can test it. It's like the new Skinwalker. Mm. I couldn't. I couldn't find very much. Like, I did a lot of googling and redditing for the last <laughs> week trying to find information on Sticky Indians, and it's all kind of the same. All right. So if you're out there and you know, hit us up. Or if you're a stick Indian yourself, hit us up. Hit up. Slide <laughs> in the DM. Yeah. We want to hear your stories. Keep us informed and educate us. I'm trying to see that stick dick. <laughs> <laughs> that was not that funny, dude. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, okay. Well, this has been a fun episode of 3AM. Uh, anything else? Nope. 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 With that, until next time, trust your gut, watch your back. Bye, love you, be safe. And be careful out there. Thanks, everyone. might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight cisgender white men and the victims of true crime are not a monolith either she's wendy and i'm beth and together we host fruit loop serial killers of color a true crime podcast together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold we also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve at fruit loops we're serving up true crime with a side of history society culture and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loop Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing Podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.